Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Brody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting live from the KBEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's time for Mortgage Matters. All right. Good morning. Welcome, everyone. Check that out. A little key change, tempo change. We got a good... Yeah, John sent me that. Uh, I was not here last week. I was supposed to start it last week. I'm sorry about that, but uh, um, I got called out of town. But anyway, um, what do you think? What do you think? Cool. Still going, which is a lot better than that really abrupt finish. Okay. So we'll put this in as the new and revised Mortgage Matters show intro. Okay. Right on. All right, guys. New and revised plus. Yeah. Point one. There it is. All right. Right on. Okay. Ah, uh, well, here we go. April 22nd. Live again. Do you know that April of 2008 was when we started this show? Is it? It's now been nine years. Wow. Nine years. Cool. So now I can start telling people we've been doing it for like 11 years. <laughs> Just because you like to exaggerate? <laughs> Known exaggerator. <laughs> well, you know, when your gift is storytelling, you you have to have creative license to, um, you know, color up where needed. Right. That's why they say I'm the color and you're the content. <laughs> And the good looks. Dan's really good looking for all the radio people that were wondering. Okay. Basically. Well, thank you. We get that feedback all the time. From all the the listeners. People come in. Who's the one? Who's the really tall one? Who's the really good looking one? Isn't that the same one? That's Jason. No, 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 no. This is more storytelling. (laughs) None of this even happens. Sure it does. (laughs) <laughs> um, I was just uh, multitasking now. I was texting the phone number out to Keisha. Keisha's going to try to call us at 9.30. Okay, um, Keisha. Keisha with Patterson Realty? Yeah. She's, right. I asked her to call because mm-hmm. we were talking this week about um, the billing snafu of the Los Osos sewer. Oh, I didn't know there was an issue. I don't feel completely up to speed on it. Yeah, no, there's something going on if you live in Los Osos. Um, and it might really have its greatest impact on people that are selling real estate right now. And maybe even buying more. But basically what's happening is that um, there's some assessments that are due, depending on whether you were in phase one, two, or three. And you may not actually receive your bill. Um, though it's due, it'll become a lien. So if you buy a house right now and the seller doesn't have to pay that bill because they didn't get it and don't know it, then you might get the lien. You will get the lien and be responsible for it. So now I thought the assessment 
for which is generally around twenty five thousand dollars per parcel. I thought that showed up on the tax bill. On the, it, I thought it was a, yeah, you know, one of those added amounts, and it's you know something you pay over twenty or thirty years. Yeah. So wouldn't it be pretty clear if I mean it's not just due; it's something that's paid ongoing with your property taxes, right? I believe so. I, I think there's also an opportunity out. to pay. Yeah, and some people the paid the deal it or whatever, front, but it's not required or due. At least no. that was my understanding. So anyway, she's going to call and and tell us about that in a little bit. I'm going to um, try to look up a client file here of someone who's buying in Los Osos. There you go. Look at the title report and see. So this, I think, is the rub: is that it doesn't show on the prelim. And maybe it does if they were in one of the later phases. I don't know. So anyway, I really only meant to to do that. What's it called? Like foreshadowing? Uh, yeah, tease. Yeah, tease the story. I really only meant to do that a little bit. And now here we are talking more about it. Keisha's going to call in, in a little bit. See, I'm seeing an assessment here on this particular tax bill. Slow add one L-O-S-W-R USDA. It sounds like the sewer. Sure looks like Los Oso sewer to me. Yeah. Um, it says the rate is zero, but the amount on this particular parcel, $713.44. And that looks like an annual, you know, the annual amount. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about that in a bit. Check the prelim. Let's move on from there. All right. Check the prelim. You're not going to let it go, are you? Oh, I mean, you're just going to keep on digging. I'm curious. I want to be prepared for this phone call that we're going to have a little bit later. I have a real world example here. Real Los Live, real time purchase that's is going to be closing next week. Real time. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you can. Man, what if you could like save the day here by landing the seller like one more bill before uh, <laughs> they are out of there. Yeah, Keisha's calling now, Here so we now go. we can just now we can just hop right into it. This is perfect. We do have Keisha on line one. Let's talk to Keisha. Let's find out what's going on. Keisha, good morning. Good morning. I can't believe you're you're finally calling into Mortgage Matters after all these years. <laughs> Are you so excited? A little bit. I feel a little bit like I finally arrived. Yeah. Well, you know, when you get the official invite here to the show, you're you're a big deal now. So you can tell people that <laughs> going forward. So Put I that on your business card. Yeah, kind of a big deal. <laughs> hey, I was uh, I was attempting to sort of say something about this sewer issue that evidently I know nothing about, and so that's why we're having you call. So. What's going on with this? Cool. Yeah, I heard you guys talking about it, and I was like, well, this is getting sideways, so probably I better just <laughs> call, <death. now. laughs> call in and actually, like, clarify what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Let's do it. So, um, okay, so everybody knows that the, um, that the Los Osos sewer system project has been completed, and everybody's hooked up to it or should be hooked up, at it, up to it at this point in time. Um, what you guys are looking at on the prelim is the sewer assessment fee. Like, it's the um, cost of the whole sewer project, putting the infrastructure into the, uh, into the 
um, into the city. So when you're looking at the tax bills, you're looking at everybody's individual like participation costs in the sewer project. Mm-hmm. Um, what and so that's a set fee that's going to be on everybody's tax bill. If they haven't paid the full assessment up front, it's going to show up on everybody's tax bill. It's a set fee. It's going to be for the next, you know, from here until eternity. Twenty five years um, or something, right? Or is it yeah, forever? Yeah. No, it's not forever. Uh, no, it's it's not forever. It's um, I think everybody's. <sighs> Now we're t- we're like I may start out a number that may be totally off, but it, I think it's about twenty five thousand dollars per property, and so that twenty five thousand dollars is what's being split over the cost uh, of their um, is what's being split over the years on their tax bill. Got it. Okay. Um, so and everybody in the in the sewer program has uh, or in the sewer assessment has the same dollar amount assessed on their property, so it's not based on the property size. It's not based Okay. It's not based on property size, um, bedroom, yep. bathroom, anything like that. Everybody has the same dollar amount. Okay. So that's what you're looking at on the property tax bill. That's what shows up there. Um, what the new drama is, is something completely um, completely different. It's not tied to the sewer assessment. It's the sewer, it's your sewer service bill. So like your, your cost of using the sewer service. So oh, just okay. like in... So instead of, sometimes that shows up on, like I think it's San Luis, that shows up on your water bill. So you have your water service and your sewer service, and that shows up on your water bill. You have the two charges there. Right. In Los Osos, they're not going to have the um, the sewer service show up on your water bill, or you're not going to be getting a separate bill for your um, sewer service moving forward. It's going to show up as an assessment on your property taxes in conjunction with the sewer um, the sewer project assessment, right? So you're going to have essentially two lines two. on okay. your um, property tax bill that are tied to the sewer project. One is for the sewer project, and one is for your personal use of the sewer system. Okay. Do you know okay. what that's called on the tax bill? Um, let me see. They haven't started actually assessing that. It's not. It's not going to show up on anybody's tax bill until this coming July. Okay. Um. So. Um, because I see, a, I'm when looking the, at a tax bill right now, and I see one called drainage charge. Cool. But I don't know if that's sewer related or. Yeah, I don't know drain. what that one is. This one is specifically is specifically related to the sewer usage. Okay. And it's not showing up on anybody's tax bills at this point in time because July first is the, of 2017. So in however many two months or three months is when that's going to be assessed on everybody's pro- property tax bills. And it will be the same moving forward. It will show up on your property tax bill every year. <laughs> okay. But, so um, what the, I guess, drama is, if you want to call it that for right now, is the um, all of the properties have been hooked up to the new sewer system. And now Los Osos is sending out your sewer service bill for this year because all of the hookups happened after the um, property taxes, after the property tax bill went out. So they're basically sending out a supplemental sewer service bill, service charge, um, for the usage of the sewer system for this fiscal From your hookup through the next assessment where it'll fall into its normal billing. Exactly, yes. 
Okay. And so So, that's the challenge then is that if the seller doesn't receive that bill and you buy the house, then you're going to end up having to pay the seller's bill basically for the time that they, from their hookup until you bought the house. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. And so, so how the, um, how the hookup project went, it was completed in three phases. So phase one, phase two, phase three. And, um, depending on which of the, um, which of the phases you were in for the sewer project determines when you, um, when your service, your sewer service bill, like the range that your sewer, sewer service bill covers. Does Got that make it. sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you were in um, phase one, you're going to be a longer service, which is just going to equal a higher bill. Exactly. Exactly. So like phase one was from October 1st of 2016 all the way, not just through when the bill went out, but through the end of the county's fiscal year. So through June 30th. Got it. Of this okay, year. And then phase two is January 1st, all the way through June 30th. And phase three is April 1st, all the way through June 30th. Okay. So um, what's happening is, and on the on the county's paperwork that they're sending out on these bills, it says, oh, according to ordinance, I'm trying to find it here, according to ordinance... 3209, it was approved, and everybody knew about it, but nobody really, like, understood what it meant when they were going to be getting a sewer bill for 600 dollars due and payable now, and you got to pay it all in full because they don't, they're not doing, like, payment plans or anything like that on that's this kind of a initial big, billing. That's kind of a big bill for a Just household that's on a fixed once. income yeah. and no no real knowledge ahead of time to plan for it. All of a sudden now you just you could owe Well I mean, that's the argument whether or not they knew it ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah and you know they've got that in like the fine print on their letter and I'm not right. trying to get into like those kind of shenanigans, but they've got it in the fine print and you know it was in the, you know, tiny verbiage on whatever ordinance, according to this letter, but, um, <laughs> um, but so... If you were unhappy about the sewer, this has made you unhappier about well, the sewer. I don't, every sewer, I mean, I, I live in Morro Bay, I, I mean, we've had an existing sewer, we get billed monthly with our water bill. Why, mm-hmm. and I understand that to be the norm, why don't they just do it that way? Probably because they're not going to do it that way going forward. But and why not? so why are we going to make it this lump sum bill do once dude, or twice a year? Dude, it's That's 2017. Weird. Nobody wants to do old stuff anymore. That's why there's the unicorn <laughs> frappuccino, bro. We're doing everything new. Old stuff is wrong. New stuff is what's up. Okay. I'm surprised you didn't know that. I didn't. This is new, man. <laughs> Slow County is doing it a We're whole in the new future. way. Right. And you can probably so, like pay it with your app once it's all handled, yeah. or not. <laughs> probably not. This is still going to be like a <laughs> okay. It'll be lumped into my escrow account on my mortgage payment. So okay. So really, um, I mean, for the people that are transacting real estate, um, you don't want to get caught. Paying. You want to ask this question? Yeah, you want to know. Well, they haven't paid it yet, right? And it's coming. Um, and so then there's a prorated portion that you're going to want to hit the seller up for. That's between whatever the hookup date is to the day you take ownership of the property. You're going to be responsible for that through June 30th. 
after the June 30th mark, then it goes and becomes part of the assessment on the taxes for the property. You don't have to worry about it going yeah. forward. If you're not transacting real estate, heads up, you have a sewer bill that is going to be somewhere between like $200 and $700 that you're going to be expected to pay all at one lump sum um, as kind of a supplement sewer bill before this thing hits your taxes on the next assessment. Exactly. That's exactly it. Um, Yeah, if you're in transactions, just be aware of it. And again, it's within the city of Los Osos, so just be aware of it. Um, Ask the seller for a copy of the bill, and then that fee can be prorated. So, you know, the seller is going to pay for his portion of it, and the buyer moving forward will take care of his portion of it from the time escrow closes and, you know, moving forward. Yeah, I'm glad you called. We were going down the wrong route, weren't we? Totally. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> hey. And then um, the one other thing that I wanted to um, kind of point out. So they're so they're um, creating this bill. So at the um, at the property ta- like when the property tax bills go out in July, they're how they are coming up with what your sewer usage fee is is they are taking your January and your February water usage uh, and using that as your, like, average, um, your average water usage, and they're applying their sewer service fee to your usage for those two months. So, and then they, you know, calculate it out for the rest of the year. So you're going to have one big number on your property tax bill that's going to be for your entire year of sewer service. And um, one of the <laughs> one of the questions that uh, I heard was, "Well, my husband has a bad bag, and he spends a lot of time in the in the hot tub. We have a you know jacuzzi on the the back of the house, and he spends a lot of time in the bath uh, in the in the hot tub. So um, you know, we end up just you know trying to keep it clean. We drain it and we refill it, and we drain it and we refill it. And um, so, but we like we're not at the house during the day, so there's really no." We, you know, we're not really using the much of the sewer, but, you know, it looks like we are because it's just going into our hot tub. And the, <laughs> the um, response from the county was, well, don't do that during January and February. <laughs> oh, yeah. Use the dirty water those months to keep your bill down yeah. all year. Yeah. Two months yeah. of dirty hot tub and is worth a year of lower bill, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it. Like, during those two months, just take a bath inside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right. Well, hey, that's um, all I got. Really appreciate you. Good job for your first time, by the way, on the radio. Hey, thanks. Yeah. And um, of course, thanks for the information. It's great to be able to get this out and and get it out correctly, too. Imagine if you had left it just to me to try to have this conversation (laughs) with Dan. We were going to botch it entirely. I was like, well, I guess I'll wait until 930. I'll wait until 930. And then it just kept going sideways and I was like, well, we're going to have a lot of backpedaling to do if I wait until 9.30, so let me just jump on and this And Dan wouldn't stop. He starts opening up prelims and stuff. I told him I was just trying to foreshadow. <laughs> See. Alright, Keisha, thanks a bunch. I really appreciate it. Have a good day. Alright. You guys too. Take care. Bye. All right. Well, what I did learn from looking <laughs> at the property tax bill is it looks like that sewer assessment is over 35 years. That's a long time. Yeah, that's a thirty-five years of seven hundred and something bucks a year. If every yeah. if every hookup costs the same amount of money, yeah, 
So what's the total of that payment then? What did you do? I just twenty five thousand dollars divided by the seven hundred something you saw on the yeah, prelim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Huh. I want to make so many jokes about it, but they all have the um, you know, you know the poopy sewer jokes. No, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want me to either. No. <laughs> all right, yeah, let's do a commercial break. We got we're all out of whack now. You ready, Jim? I am so ready. I'm about. I'm just ready to hit this button right here. And you fire feel that like you're. Off. You feel like you're all schooled up on Los Oso sewer issues I now. Sure am. More than I needed to know. But right. anyway, it was good. Yeah, that was <laughs> a good segment. More than I needed to know. Well, all right. Los Osos, but anyway, so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, yeah everybody that doesn't live in Los Osos has got to be tired of hearing <laughs> about Los Osos sewer <laughs> issues. Uh, yeah. All right, guys, we do a commercial break. We'll be back in a couple minutes here with more mortgage matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. Too often, potential home buyers disqualify themselves believing they need perfect credit. The fact is we can finance home buyers with low credit scores, collections, bankruptcy, foreclosure, or short sale. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 503-LOAN. Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. guys welcome back it's just before 9 30 and we are you're listening to mortgage matters oh we're getting phone calls too you know the motor mouse guys say they got seven phone calls this morning and do you feel like those guys are super nice by the way but they always tell us in the lobby how many phone calls they got do you feel like it's a little bit like you know see how many you get we got seven no, no, you don't. 
It's probably more fun for you to get a bunch of phone calls, though, huh, Jim? It is, but, you know, on this show, I get to, uh, you know, I get, we get calls on this show, but I get to be more creative with the music, too. So uh, I, there's there's Instead of the it. old car commercial type stuff? Well, I like the car commercials, but um, this show, I can, you know, pick on more of what you guys are saying, and we can try to get something like Papa was a Rolling Stone, you know, because you're talking about Dan over there. Oh, you know, man. How's Dan such a stud and everything? <laughs> the beginning of the show, and Dan's not paying I attention right so now. So many other songs. <laughs> I don't know. I just like I like Papa as a Rolling Stone anyway. So yeah. Temptation. So oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a good uh, groovy bass line. Yeah, hey, we got cool. a phone call. We have uh, Joe calling from Los Osos. Good morning, Joe. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Good morning. Thank you. I just wanted to comment on something you've already commented on regarding the Los Osos sewer assessment. Sure. And that is my understanding is that the $25,000 assessment is a, a term, 35-year term, at a 6% interest rate. That's high so, interest rate. We don't even have rates that high. Right, right. So uh, I paid mine off, which I, I'm uh, happy with because now I have a, a fixed mortgage amount and I don't have to worry about the extra assessment. And I think if you look at that 25000 amortized at 6% over... 35 years, you end up saving quite a bit of money by paying that off as part of a refinance. If, yep. If I didn't know any better, I would think that what you're saying is people could do a cash out refi, pay off their sewer assessment bill so they're not financing 25 grand at 6% and uh, actually end up with a lower monthly debt service than they would if they paid the assessment. That's, that's my uh, assumption, but you guys are the experts, so I'll let you mull that over. That, and, uh, unbelievable. Thank you Thanks for, for the call. call. All right, Joe. Sure. Have a good one. All right. All right. <laughs> Did that cross your mind? I wasn't even thinking about that. And, I, I really didn't know um, what the carry cost on it was. If it's 6%, that is high. I mean, we don't have any mortgages that are that high. No. Maybe if you did one of those new... The new old stated stated loans. Some of those get pretty high. There's a couple loan products we have, by the way, that um, some of the new non-bank lenders are coming out with where you can do one day out of bankruptcy type of stuff. Those interest rates. I actually quoted one a, a few, I don't know, maybe two months ago now. It was an interest rate of like 8%. But it actually proved to be a, a lower monthly payment than these people had that... Um, Oh, they had a they got behind on their mortgage and got in a forbearance agreement, and so they got a crazy interest rate. Um, and yeah, so anyway, but that's a great call, Joe Lobbin, the softball there. If you're on a fixed income and you're trying to figure out how to reduce your monthly cost as much as you possibly can, um, it might be worth looking into uh, doing a refi to pay off your assessment so that you don't have to have that going forward. Here's my question though, Dan. Hmm. If 700 and something bucks a month, what did you say it was again? Can you pull that back up? Do you remember what it was? 71344. 71344 times 35 years. So what do you It came out just shy of 25 grand. So it almost sounds like if you paid it up front, they made you pay the interest, right? 
Because it's functioning like an installment debt, which is funny because it should have been that if you paid it up front, you don't have to pay the interest over the amortization period. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, I feel like the interest is already in there. So unfortunately, like maybe for Joe, they charge you the after interest price of the hookup. Because if, yeah, if it ends up being the same amount every year, you're not... Which yeah. six, 6% amortized over 35 years had to make a pretty substantial difference. I mean, I, I would almost venture to guess without, you know, I don't have my financial calculator with me, but that's probably $9,000 in interest on that loan. So it almost sounds like the people that bought it out should have been given the interest discount and only paid 15000 bucks or whatever it is. Weird. Oh, well. We should go. We should go further down that rabbit hole. Figure out if those. Um, you look at me stirring it up, huh? All of a sudden, I had visions of people like trying to figure that out and get in some kind of a class action lawsuit or something. Because don't you think if you lump summed it up front, you shouldn't have to pay what the interest cost is for the total assessment? I would think that'd be fair to me. Yeah. Because you're right, it makes your your debt service and stuff's going to be lower if you do it at a lower interest rate. But if you're if you're being expected to pay the interest on that thing, regardless of whether you lump sum it or pay it over thirty five years, I don't feel like that's fair. Anyway, maybe we need to get somebody from the counter the county on here to talk about that. Might be too late though, huh? Since the bill's already been levied across the board oh it's never too late to get a refund yeah but imagine though the budgeting right because yeah. if you looked and said okay there's how many households right i mean how many households are in those households yeah. Eighteen thousand or something <laughs> do we know i don't know i just pulled that number out of thin air lady just called she didn't want to go on the air but um she's asking who the lender on that would be and who'd be paying all that interest to well, if it's a bond measure, which I, I mean, they either borrowed the money. I remember or was, they had a loan lined up and then they lost it and then they got a new A loan. new one at a higher rate of interest. That was part of that lawsuit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, there is a number on the tax bill for that $713.44. I mean, should I just give it out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give it out. Hang on, I have to open that file again. I'm solving a different problem right now. I'm working and doing the radio at the same time. Nine three nine three nine three nine three. And by the way, <laughs> as the much password. as I get, I get it. Dan started having opportunities to respond to emails and work during the show because I talk too much. But at the same time, my talking too much now affords him the ability. He's responding to a loan officer that's emailing about a particular file that they're having a problem on. Um, so here's that that phone number. The this is right from a property tax bill for a parcel in Los Osos, and it's on the line item for the Los Osos sewer. It looks like it, I'm just using my my uh, educated guess here based on the line item slow add one l o s w r looks like los oso sewer dash usda possibly a usda financed i bet you're right um the contact number is 805-781-5294 
805-781-5294. I imagine that's a county number. Sounds like it. Um, so those are the folks to ask about that particular line item. That's the $713.44 that looks like an annual Lososos sewer assessment. And to summarize, I mean, I don't have a dog in this fight because I don't live in Lososos anymore, but... Somebody like Joe, for example, Joe scratched a check for 25 grand and the rub I think that we've uncovered is if you, if Joe cut that check for cash up front, he should not be paying what sounds like a finance charge has been assessed to it because Dan's kind of taking the annual assessment from a tax bill that we see for a property in Los Osos. And then dividing the 25000 by that amount leads us to this 35-year term. So if you're paying twenty five grand, regardless whether you pay up front or over time, I'm going to suggest that the person paying up front is paying like the installment debt style. The full 35 years worth yeah, of it's interest. like the way they do you on student loans. Yeah. If, you, if you consolidate a student loan, then you pay it off. You pay off even the forward interest on the thing, which is crazy to me. In fact, maybe this is just different because it's the government, but um, in most cases, it's against the law. For example, if you buy an auto loan, like you, so you buy a car and you get an auto loan, they break the loan out over 60 months, right? But you know if you pay off early, you're paying less, right? That's why we add 40 bucks a month or whatever. The payment's 260, so we write the check for 300, and the idea is that you're accelerating the payoff of it. So then there becomes months where there's no interest assessed on the loan. And in doing so, what you're doing is each month that you reduce the principal, the interest is now recalculated on the principal balance. And it, it from the first time you do that, it throws off the installment amortization schedule. The original schedule is no longer accurate because you have reduced the principal up front. And so like in an auto loan or um, this is what we call a simple interest loan, right? Which is the same thing as a mortgage on a mortgage. Imagine that. Like, what's the balance of your loan today? Four hundred thousand bucks. If you pay it off today, you owe four hundred thousand bucks, right? If you pay it off over time, all of the payments you're going to make are going to total almost eight hundred thousand dollars. And it's illegal for a lender like us to charge you eight hundred thousand dollars to pay off today because that's not. You can't do that on a mortgage loan. It's got to be simple interest where you're on the hook only for the interest for the period that you borrowed the money. So that's what I'm that's what I'm suggesting. If you live in Los Osos and you paid that bill up front, I'd want to go down that rabbit hole and figure out if those numbers are right or wrong. All right. I'm on the county website and it says assessments were approved by a Prop 218 vote in 2007. A typical single-family home received a wastewater assessment of twenty-four thousand nine forty-nine. Let's call it twenty-five thousand for round numbers. This amount may be prepaid, but is typically financed under the terms of the project's long-term loans. The costs are collected on the semi-annual property tax bills during construction. The annual amount is seven ten per year, so that's roughly what. That's we what saw. you're seeing. Um, and will increase to 1083 per year after construction is complete in 2016. So I imagine the next property tax bills will show that um, increased amount. 
this 1083 per year costs is equivalent to about $90 per month. So maybe that's what Joe's saving then. And maybe this is how they fixed it up. Because he paid up front at the $24,000 level, then when it goes to 1000 he doesn't experience that increased cost. But see, you just said it, that's about 90 bucks a month, whereas the difference between 700 and 1000 is 300 bucks a month. Or no, I guess that's by year though, right? So that is about 90 bucks. Yeah, I was trying to see if it would clarify the... The benefit of paying up front. Well, just the amount of... The number of years that we're going to be seeing that assessment on those bills. Because I'm seeing that the project received... This is under... This is on the county website. um, Public Works and Transportation, Los Osos Wastewater Project, Project Costs and Financial Assistance. The very first line here is the project has received over 21500000 in grants to date, as well as subsidized low-interest financing terms of 2% for 30 years and 2.6% for 40 years for the project's two long-term loans for construction. Hmm. So it, I, it leads me to wonder, you know, is the assessment to the actual homeowner, is it going to be 30 or 40, or do they just blend them together and do it for 35? I mean, he sounds like Joe had something that showed it was going to be 35 years. Suggested 35 years. And so, yeah, maybe, you know, at 1,083 per year from 2016 for another who knows, you know, 32 or 33 years, that does obviously exceed $25,000. So maybe there is... Maybe some, that is the pickup. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, if I lived in Los Osos, it's definitely I would want to understand call. that. Yeah, if, if I was a homeowner, I'd, <laughs> I'd want to make that call and understand it a little bit better now that those things are definitely on the bill. and Yeah, definitely. Poised what looks like for about a $350 increase next year. Hey, um, I want to do the final commercial break this first hour here. Um, There's a few home sales uh, metrics to talk about, too. We got some data this week. Um, Give us a look into the health of the national home sales numbers. So we'll we'll do that after the break. So let's do a quick break here, and then we'll be back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Linen. The most critical part of buying a home is getting pre-approved for a mortgage. Pre-approved buyers are taken more seriously, enjoy a less stressful transaction, and close faster with no last-minute surprises. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. 
Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. I'm going to make a change for once in my life. Gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. As I turn up the collar, on my favorite winter coat. This wind is blowing my mind. I see the kids in the street with not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind, pretending not to see them? Is this a song about the sewer? Is that <laughs> no. why you picked it? No. The no. man in the sewer. The man in the sewer. I like this song. I like you got a weird album hit right there. <laughs> I, I got a call come through. Cool. Right on. Probably causing some problems. I bet if we're right <laughs> and we just uncovered <laughs> some multi-million dollar problem, there's probably we're probably gonna there's the county's gonna put some hit out on us or something. Not looking forward to that. I've been trying to add up all the parts this week about um, how come rates keep improving. Yeah, they've been doing um, pretty good. Five month lows currently. Yeah, according to Freddie Mac, anyway. Yeah, and, um, you know, there was the tail end of the week here. We got price worsening a few days in a row. Not major. Two of them. One of them was negligible. So really two of them were worsenings. But it really meant that, you know, out of the last nine sessions, we we had five of them were positive days in the market for interest rates. And so, um, all right. Put that on pause. We have, we have a call here from Dave and Los Angeles. Maybe Dave knows some answers to some of our questions. Good morning. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Dave, turn down your radio, please. Turn down the radio. Hello. There we go. Hey Lots there. better. Uh oh. No, I actually, Dave, you need to call back. But when we have people calling, we need to have them turn down the radio. Sure. That's why it causes yeah, the confusion. Yeah, there's a little like bit of a that. delay and it right. bounces back and forth. Right, actually what we're saying is like happened like 10 seconds ago in case somebody says something that we really shouldn't say. I'm not radio. saying anything 10 seconds ago. No, I'm yeah. saying this Sorry. right now. So Dave, please call us back. I accidentally hit the wrong button. Sorry about that. 543-8830. Um, 
Dave probably thinks you hung up on him on purpose, though. Now he's turned his radio yeah, down. He's turned like, the radio guy. down here. I think we got may have Dave. Hold on. The engineer at the show says, hey, turn your radio down, and then hangs up on you. <laughs> Unintentional. This, yeah, not not personal at all. If any of you guys want to call in, 543-8830. We'll take calls here for a few more minutes. Hey, Dave, good morning. Sorry about that. Hey, good morning. So you have a question or comment? Uh, just a comment. I think my tax bill. I mean, let's close those. I think my tax bill has reflected some wastewater charges for the last few years, based on the construction. And I think the additional bill that you're talking is roughly ninety bucks a month. Is the service is based on the actual operation and maintenance of the plant and collection system, the pumps and all of that stuff. Yeah, the separate things to total a lot more than ninety bucks a month. Right. No, definitely. We're we're real clear on that. If, if you weren't listening a little bit earlier, um, you know, basically, when we first started talking about this, we were kind of talking about the tax lien as it shows up on your on your um, your property tax bill. And it, it sounds like going forward, there's there's going to be two of them for anybody that didn't pay their connection fee in full up front. They're going to have the construction bill, and then additionally, they're going to have a lien for, like you said, the maintenance of the um, sewage facility going forward. So that being said, the window between the 2017 assessment, um, which is June 30th, so from your hookup day to June 30th, people are getting a separate bill in the mail right now that's not going to be on the property tax bill that they're expected to pay for their um for the usage of the sewer now right right yeah. i apologize i was in and out of the truck i'm doing hands-free right now just out doing work chores and errands but um interesting show thank you this morning right on thanks thanks for calling dave so um started to, to talk about this a little bit, but looking at these different reasons why have interest rates been going down a little bit, you know, um, and usually when interest rates go down, it's because we're seeing bad news in the market, right? And we know that there's been some bad news lately. I, I'm, I'll go on record and say there's bad news. But for me, biggest bad news right now is all the, the war crap that's starting again, you know, like the... It's ISIS. It's it's North Korea. Call it's it growing, Iran. It's growing just, tension. Oh, all these things, you know. And I, I hear these stories, read this stuff, and I'm like, I don't like that stuff at all. That's bad news. And you know what? The rest of the world is responding similarly. When those things begin happening, there's military action. It scares people. Um, it scares our financial markets. They move money into the bond market. So we really we understand that pretty well. Makes sense. Um, there's been some other data to couple that that has been a little bit freaky. Um, we've been talking, uh, I think it first came up on the show two weeks ago, automobile sales are pretty bad. Uh, people aren't buying cars at the pace that they used to. It turns out there's a subprime auto loan market that now we're worried about. Um, there's also a used car market um, that we're beginning to worry about. And at least in part, it's because of lease turn-ins. Big companies and people that lease a lot of cars are um, beginning to turn these cars in and not want to buy. So not only are the new automobiles not selling, but the used automobiles might be the next shoe to drop. That's a little bit of a freaky thing. Um, 
And so um, additionally, we saw some stuff about inflation we talked about on the show last week. Now there's a couple housing numbers to talk about. Um, one of them is housing starts um, and building permits. Um, depending on where you get your news, housing starts either tumbled um, or they were wildly disappointing. Um, I'm looking at uh, realtor.com, which says that they fell, um, you know. So it depends where you're looking, but basically what we're looking at is that the um, home building numbers weren't particularly great for the month of March, um, which is kind of weird because um, we had unseasonably mild weather in February, which you would think would lead to a lot more building. If there's any upside to that, the couple of... um, Housing starts and building permits. Building permits were pretty strong. Shows that there's still quite a bit of activity on the horizon there. Um, But nonetheless, it's a soft patch that people weren't really expecting. Yes. I was going to add on the permits. Permits were up 3.6%, but almost all of the strength in permits is on the multifamily side. Sure. Single-family home permits actually were down 11.1%. Which is quite a bit less. Yeah. Um, and for those, you know, there's in, in around here, we don't get a whole lot of multifamily, do we? Um, and by the way, the permits numbers are always kind of got to read into them a little bit. This is why we differentiate between single family starts versus multifamily starts. You can really skew numbers with one huge project in a metropolis where they might be building a 600 unit complex. Apartment. Yeah. Um, and or two or three or four of those are slated to go in, you know, in California, the best I can think of that is like, you know, down there's parts, I don't know, off the 15 somewhere, those little bedroom communities where people could be commuting somewhere else. But it's it's basically where the, the land is left, you know, where somebody can go buy 60 acres and lay out a pretty massive project like that. Uh, we don't have a lot of that around here. In fact, most of these projects that we see are, you know, 11 units, 20 units, something like that. Um, but even those larger parcels that you're talking about, oftentimes they're used to build single-family residences. Condos are considered single-families, even though yeah. they're large projects. Multi-family would be... Apartment. Yeah, apartment-type situations. Anything that's five units or greater is considered a, a multi-family, and it's five units, not not condo units. It's five... It would be considered a five or greater unit property. You would own it all as yeah. one parcel. Um, and by the way, builders of multi-family housing wow. <laughs> have been salivating at... Um, this housing shortage, right? I'm getting a text right now from... uh, Somebody at the county that's mad at you. Yeah. Well, he's not mad. He's just saying that the information that we're... I mean, we're not giving out information. We're having a... It's just a dialogue. We're we're questioning what we're seeing. Um, Anyway, he wants to call in, uh, not today, but at another on another show to clarify the love issue to in Los Osos. This is a, 
we've had him on the show before, John Diodati. He he works with the county. He he lives in Morro Bay, but he's I think the lead on this sewer project. Absolutely, John. We'd love to have you on the show. Um, let's do it. Not next week, which would be the 29th, because we're actually going to be doing a rerun next week. Put that in the notes, Jim. Dan and I are both out of town. We're on a rerun next week. Okay. Rerunning it. Cool. Um, but then the following week, we'll have John Diodati on to clarify some of these things. And in my defense, I want to say again, I'm certainly not, I'm not trying to cause any problems at all. Clearly, we don't have all of the information or understanding about this, but in the couple of ways that we've backed into the loose math, we misunderstand it. And, um, you know, sometimes it's actually just a good practice to um, sort of recap, right? Go back through all the math and logic and make sure that everybody understands is maybe you hear about it ahead of time. You don't quite like you, maybe you understand it, but you don't quite um, register all of the information. Now we're basically at the conclusion of the project. Probably be great to go back through this stuff once again. Um, be a good opportunity to talk about how it is today, but then also how did it match up with what the expectations were. Um, so that'd be cool. Cool. I'm going to schedule it. Yeah, for yeah. May 6th? Yeah, we're going to try that. Okay. See if that works out. Um, good. We were talking about the housing stuff. Oh, I started to say that the apartments, because of the scarcity of available housing to buy right now, um, investors are loving multifamily. Rents are going up, 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 and they're able to build these things out now, and, and you can almost guarantee you're going to fill them up because so many people are looking for housing. It's really, um, you know, and I, I'm sure in different parts of the country it's a little bit differently uh, it works different around here. There's definitely a shortage of rental housing. Um, you know, the focus of our show being on real estate, we talk all the time about, um, the shortage of real estate to be able to buy. Uh, but when you're talking about, um, around here to rent, I keep hearing story after story about people that, they're, for one reason or another, being displaced from the home they're in, and so they show up on our doorstep in hopes to figure out how to buy, um, but we hear these stories about how cutthroat the rental market is out there, too, right now. So in times like this, it makes a lot of sense to be able to go and, and do those big multifamily projects, um, if only there were some around here. Hey, uh, it, we're heading into the top of the hour break, which means we have a whole nother hour of Mortgage Matters. If you guys want to call in and ask a question or share a comment, you can call 543-8830. Otherwise, we're going to be out for about a five-minute break here. Um, take some time to get a fresh cup of coffee or do whatever you got to do, and we'll be back for a whole nother hour of Mortgage Matters. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Heartbroken. You sit around moping, crying and crying. What you say? You even think about dying? 
Well, before you do anything rash, like wiggling out that seat, <laughs> dig this. Everybody plays a fool sometimes. There's no exception to the rule. Listen, baby. All right, everybody, welcome back. A little nod to the late Cuba Gooding Sr. Yes. You played this song on the show a couple months ago, and then we found out just recently that he'd passed away. Just uh, passed away this week in Woodland Hills. Huh. Crazy. Still crazy how much they look alike. They look exactly alike. I mean, it's that, I think. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, very similar. Very. Right. <clears throat> um, so... We had a very interesting discussion the first hour about sewer stuff in Los Osos. Yeah, I looked at you over there poking the bear. <laughs> just to clarify, we're not trying to give out any wrong or misleading information. Really just uh, trying to... Well, it's one of the problems it. with live radio. You yeah, get a couple having, phone I mean, calls. We're having a live discussion. We didn't plan this. This is just a discussion no. that's happening. A couple uh, questions, a couple comments. Next thing you know, you're drawing some conclusions that may or may not be right. But, hey, the good news is it's a public forum. Our conversation led to somebody reaching out and saying, hey, you guys are getting this wrong, so I'd like the opportunity to, to call in and, and weigh in on it and get it on track. That's great. Cool. So, yeah, hopefully. No in interest a in weeks, spreading fake news. Right. Hopefully in a couple weeks we can get John on here to help help us understand. I know he knows all about the project as well as the details of the financing. Dude. There was another. Oh, wait, before you do that. All right. Dude. Yes. You know how we always talk about those like 40, 50, 60 year mortgages? Yeah. There's other countries in the world that have not only mortgages that long, the the road is sort of paved to those long-term mortgage by long-term bonds, by the way. If you're going to have a long-term mortgage, oftentimes you have a long-term bond in the market too. Mm-hmm. This is interesting to me. Um, and before I say this, I want to remind you that there are other countries in the world, like, and, and namely, I'm going to say Japan and Sweden, these are the ones I know for sure, that have... 99-year lease. A hundred plus year mortgages, Mm. just kind of like a family mortgage, right? It's a family home, multi-generational house. Why not have a hundred year mortgage? I know why not. I know some people don't think that's a very good idea at all. That's fine. Uh, Anyways, so before you roll your eyes and chuckle about, ah, it's funny, a 50 or a hundred year mortgage, there are other countries in the world, pretty good countries in the world that offer this already, but... The reason I'm bringing it up is that um, this might just be getting a little bit of legs here in the U.S. Game changer it would be um, Steve Nuchin. Okay, um, he's the new uh, the new uh, the new S the new U.S. Um, Treasury Secretary sent out a questionnaire last week. Um, asking dealers of bonds to gauge their appetite with detailed responses for 50, 40, 50, or 100-year bonds. Whoa. Yeah. That'd be pretty wild, huh? Yeah. So this is something the U.S. doesn't currently offer, 40, 50, 100-year bonds. 
I read this article and I thought to myself, 40-year bond or a 50-year bond? 100-year bond seems really far out. But let's say it's a 40 or 50-year bond. That leads the way to a 40 or 50-year mortgage, doesn't it? I mean, this is almost a chicken or the egg thing. And sure. I got to wonder if the Secretary of the Treasury is asking these questions. They're exploring maybe the possibilities of this. We know right now that um, there's a few different things at play. You know, we're looking at there's been an executive order signed to look at some of the reform stuff related to Dodd-Frank, things that Dodd-Frank um, forbid or made illegal. Um, we also know that... Um, we're in a precarious place right now with really low interest rates, um, and the economy is sort of trying to figure all that out. Um, so anyways, I started thinking about this, and I go, man, what if they came out with a 50-year mortgage in order to create affordability, right? Because this has been one of the things. When we talk about workforce housing right now, your housing payment is one of uh, three variables, isn't it? The amount you borrow, the rate at which you borrow, and the term that you borrow for. Well, the amount that we borrow continues to go up because housing just is on this upward tear throughout generations. Um, the rates, we have sort of saw what happens with the rates. They fell from the 80s to now, and now they're beginning to go back up. And we find that the economy may be almost perilously positioned because we don't quite know how to do that. Um, so then the the third lever, the term... Um, through some of the regulations we got after the last recession, we got rid of those longer terms, but maybe there's a solution in there. So I I clicked the little X at the top of the article and I sat back for a minute and I thought to myself, man, would that be crazy if you get a hundred year mortgage? Would I, you get a hundred year mortgage? Not not out of the question. Well, and if it's not a necessity, you might not, but imagine the affordability you could create for yourself. The wealth it would put into your life, yeah. the inflation it would cause, seems like it would put the entire U.S. and then global economy on, on its head um, as that, there, I don't know, just an interesting thing to think about. But the fact that Mnuchin's out poking around to try to find um, appetite for 40, 50, and 100-year bond terms makes me wonder, are the players at the top actually considering this? And it's an interesting rabbit hole to go down. Anyway, I thought you might think that was funny. We have a caller on the line. we got Brent calling from Morro Bay. Morning, Brent. Yeah, but you, How are you guys doing? Yeah, it might tie all in because you guys were talking about uh, rental housing, you know, how it's out of control in this county or area, right? Yep. Yeah. And I was down visiting a guy in the building industry, buddy of mine down in Santa Barbara a couple of weeks back, and he was talking about some of the projects they were doing. And I was going, huh, I'd never heard of it. But did you guys, and then I wonder if it matters in the mortgage business too, um, state passed a law at the beginning of the year that allows secondary housing to be built or your house to be cut up to create rentals with a lot of restrictions of what the local uh, uh, government or planning agency can do to restrict that. Have you guys heard anything about that? I haven't. Um, so maybe we need to do a little bit of research on that and figure that out. We got ourselves into trouble the first hour talking about no, 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 no. I said I Google it. If you go secondary <laughs> housing, and you know how they like allow granny houses, sure. right? Yeah. Well, state of California, and they restrict it. Like it has to be a family member, blah blah blah. 
state of California passed a law, and I Googled it. It was kind of interesting. And they allow up to a 1,200-square-foot house, secondary house, to be built. And they don't allow the um, government agency to uh, add any impact fees for it. Interesting. As well as parking, which is always the one that kills secondary housing. Yep. And it was if you're within a certain distance of a public, uh, if you're within like a mile and a half of a bus stop, let's say, you don't have to supply any parking. And if you're not, you got to supply only one space. It's it's kind of interesting. And then I, I was talking, I was doing picking up a permit in San Luis, and and uh, city of San Luis, like, well, you know, have you guys heard about this? They go, oh yeah. And then they're they're building, they're already building an ordinance to restrict those units down to 800 feet instead of the 1,200 that the state gave. The state gave some leeway for saying, yeah, you can restrict the footage, but it's got to be reasonable because there was like Santa Cruz. They said, okay, 300 square feet, you could build one. They went, no, that's not reasonable. But part of it is like, let's say you had a 2,000 square foot house. You could just put a wall down it and divide it into a duplex. Like every property just became R2. And it, so, I mean, some of the things was like saying, yeah, and if you don't have fire sprinklers, they can't require fire sprinklers. They can't require a bunch of parking. They, you know what I mean? It, very much, or impact these, very limited to what the local government agency can do as far as restriction. I, it, to create this, this because of the housing problem, and it's kind of built, you, you, you know, like around the Bay Area kind of stuff. You could see that, you know, the larger areas. Sure. But it's just, but it's a statewide, you know, it talks about public transportation because they're thinking, you know, Bay Area people, you know, they just ride their bicycle, you know, walk, whatever. But you guys, it, and I hadn't heard about it, and you guys hadn't either, and we're in the industry. Isn't that surprising? Yeah, it is. And now I found a, a article in the San Francisco Chronicle here. It's the law took effect, like you said, January 1. It's AB2299 and SB1069. Those were the laws that amend the state law governing second units and rename them accessory dwelling units. It talks about, you know, streamlining some of the roadblocks that were currently in pl- or that were in place and making it easier. Like you're saying, I, we should do a little more research on this. And it's a it's a great topic. It's f- a, almost a lifetime ago, but my second senior project I wrote at Cal Poly was actually on accessory dwelling units. That was what I did, and specifically sort of laid out what it meant for like San Luis Obispo to be able to do that. And my my senior project was broken into several pieces. Um, some of the things you got to think about, though. Um, impact on um, transportation and circulation, right? I mean, we don't, if you went through and created, you know, just additional dwelling unit on most properties in slow, that additional parking is always a problem. If you're close to a bus stop, great. We also don't really have the bus system to be able to handle that um, very well here. But then what about the other things like the tax on utilities, right? I mean, we a couple weeks ago, we were talking on the show here about how the sewer in San Luis is kind of precarious because there's um, the old main connections are um, failing. And so that we're going to end up needing to do some serious work there. But is the sewer have the capacity to be able to um, facilitate a bunch of additional toilets and, and greater density? Um, 
And before you say that it may not create greater density, it probably does because we know people live out in the bedroom communities that commute to work and school here. So, um, you know, anyways, there's a lot of those things. Of course, you have additional fire and police need with the greater, um, you know, population to serve and all these kind of things. But, um, yeah, it's it's your other opportunity um, to continuing to sprawl is to use what you have a little bit wiser and, and agreed that the... Um, local government agencies are generally a pretty significant roadblock in being able to get those things through. That, that, I think that was what this law was very much limiting the roadblocks that you know, uh, local municipalities can throw up. Yeah, and and you know if you read that and, and he pulled it out, I googled the same thing as his and went through and went, huh, this is kind of this is interesting. Yeah, I what pulled, I pulled one up too from the L.A. Times while you you found one from the the Chronicle. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll develop that and talk about it more going forward. Um, Britt, thanks much for the phone call. Really appreciate it. Cool. Thanks. We got another caller waiting on the line patiently. We've got Lynette. Win- Winnet. Winnet from like Lynette. San Luis Obispo. <laughs> Winnet. Winnet. Hi there. Yeah, Winnet. Hi, you guys. Yeah, um, my husband was at a rotary meeting in Santa Barbara, uh-huh. and a gentleman presented on this new ADU state legislation Uh and yeah my husband and i are real estate investors we had not heard a word about it and it's huge i've done just a little bit of research on it and it it from a state standpoint yes removes some of those roadblocks that cities and counties and municipalities have so i I was blown away because i had not heard about it i have a sister-in-law who's a real estate broker she hadn't heard about it it's amazingly kind of stealth you know implementation of it but it has major ramifications for anyone that has the property that would be able to take an ADU or a modification to a home to create that additional housing. Do you know if these um, new laws, do they supersede the local ordinances? Correct. It it overrides in um, all cases, I believe. I mean, I've got to study it some more, but it basically takes a state umbrella over all the areas in the state and says, no, you can't block these additional auxiliary dwelling units. They also have a thing called a junior auxiliary dwelling dwelling unit, which is, I believe it, it's just less, you know, not the full kitchen and full amenities that a, a complete, you know, tiny home, additional home would have. And it talks about square footage. Um, I believe it's 50% of the current footprint is what is allowed for that additional area. There's all kinds of ins and outs, but at the end of the day, um, for instance, we have a property down in Santa Barbara that's in its own municipal improvement district. Hot, hot issue on can you add another quote unquote granny unit? And they had been saying no, and this basically says you can't say that. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So it's wow. huge. It, and under the guise, and I get it, and I mean, um, makes sense on creating more housing without having to do additional development. And Creates. For anyone who owns property, it potentially increases the value of their property. Sure. Yeah, it creates an opportunity for a lot of people that otherwise may not exist. At the same time, I got yeah. I'm sitting here wondering: um, is it a little overreaching? Uh, I'm well. It depends on what side of the fence you're on. You know, if right. you're a city and you don't like what it's doing. But I come from Santa Barbara. I lived there for 20 years, and there's plenty of work that's done on converting garages and things unsafely in a lot of cases. Sure. That just happens anyway. Well, that was so kind of the core of the this rental can... inspection ordinance, wasn't it? Is that they were wanting <laughs> yeah, to I try to... Yeah, I have a property here and I had it inspected and the man was very nice. I went ahead and just paid the money and said, okay, let's see what this is all about. And I get it. 
um, but I'm a landlord who's very careful about my properties. Sure. I was a student, and I lived in things that were less than ideal, so I get what that's after. I see both sides of it. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. So anyway, it's a very, very call. interesting piece of legislation. Worth, worth more Googling, especially if you're in the industry. Um, and I look forward to, uh, hopefully, it being a real positive impact mm. on additional housing and real estate property increase and maybe in value. We should, maybe we should start that side business of getting good at installing uh, ADUs. <laughs> well, there'll be some contractors that'll really make some money off it. Yeah, done well. It's They've got to be thing. salivating. So, yeah. Hey, cool. Thanks on to my yoga that. class. Have a good morning, you guys. It. Thank yeah, you. you. too. Bye-bye. Let's, uh, I think it's time for a commercial break. It's been an exciting show, huh? Yeah. Calls. All right. Yeah. We're going to hop into a commercial break and then, um, there's actually more local news that I'd like to touch on the oh, related, Dan. related to that, uh, rental inspection ordinance that you just alluded oh, to, Jason. Dan. So when we come back, we'll talk about that. If you'd like to join the conversation, give us a call 543-8830. Mortgage Matters. We'll be right back. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is we offer numerous zero down and low down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 018-396-08. California DBO number 605-4783. NMLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. guys welcome back oh it's 10 26 so we have just over half an hour here left to go dan clipped another uh, article out of this week's paper that um is contentious a couple of them actually yeah it's related to the um 
rental inspection ordinance that was repealed by the slow city council um, back on March 21st. Okay. Um, since that time, there's there's now a non-discrimination in housing ballot measure, which was proposed in a petition uh, written by Stu Jenkins, Dan Knight, and former city councilman Dan Carpenter. I think those guys were all pretty critical in the repeal of that inspection ordinance. Sure. Um, I mean, all three of them were big part of that. Well, and I think that residents of, of San Luis Obispo spoke in electing three new members to council who all ran on repealing the ordinance. Okay. Um, so the ordinance was repealed, but now there's this um, ballot measure which was proposed and... Um, the city council on Tuesday decided to put that ballot to a special election, which must be held by August 29th. Um, and one of the controversial things is the cost to the city to hold the special election. It's going to be between 100 and, what, 119000 and $158,000 to um, put on this special election, which by lot... Be- because of the timing of the petition and whatever, it has to take place by August 29th. It can't be delayed now until you know the next general. Election, oh, so it's going to happen. Has to. Okay. It, a date has not been set yet, but by law must take place within 88 and 103 Which days. Which essentially of the means city council's decision to put to put it on the ballot. They don't have now time to let it become part of the next general election. Right, which would be November of 2018. Got it. So um, I think, you know, the controversial issue here is probably the the cost of doing, you know, the maybe it's viewed as hasty. You know, why are we spending all this money to do it when we could just wait another year and have it have it done on a general election and not cost additional well, money? Well, to play the devil's advocate here, in that next year, you might race to another law that is putting back into place something similar to the ordinance that all the energy was just spent in repealing. And I believe that's the rationale that was used to um, approve this special election. So let's talk about the measure itself. The measure stipulates that no determination to conduct an inspection of any dwelling shall be based substantially on any occupant's age, income, disability, gender, race, ethnicity, sexual identity, or status as an owner or renter of such dwelling. So basically, you can't single out a group of renters or investment property owners and do an inspection that's only for that for one or the restricted other. class of people. Um, and and so that's what the measure's aiming to outlaw. The uh, Tribune, you know, the day after this article was in the paper, wrote a, you know, their editorial board came out with an opinion and... Um, you know, basically questioning the cost and the, the urgency of needing to do this. But, you know, they one point that I thought was pretty valid here was um, there's worry that, the, you know, this m- makes sense, you know, not discriminating. Or I, I understand what they're aiming for, not discriminating against a certain class of people, in this case, renters and um, investment property owners in particular. But... City officials, this is according to this Tribune article, city officials worry that that the worry the anti-discrimination language could be used to challenge other city programs that favor certain groups, such as low-income families that benefit from the city's affordable housing program or mobile home residents who come under the umbrella of rent stabilization. Are they now 
specific um, classes of of people that are receiving, you know, special treatment or something that's not offered to the general population. Huh. So is this opening some bigger can of worms, I guess, is the a concern? Well, hmm, file it under <laughs> what, what happens when you pull this lever. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it, that's a thing, too. I, it seems lately in all of the politicking that's going on is you almost can't do something anymore without alienating somebody else or including somebody you didn't intend to include. Right. Everything I see, it seems to fall back to that's the big argument, you know. Maybe that's probably why we just seem to scrap all government and just go for the free for all. <laughs> Everybody just do what you want to do. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting if, you know, then all of a sudden low income pro- programs or whatever start getting challenged because they're discriminatory. Huh. You know, I mean, there's so much talk about workforce housing, or you even see certain projects where they're income based. Um, types of programs through either the county or a, a city municipality it's you know will will those start to be up for for grabs for maybe some discrimination issues that makes my head spin a little bit i don't know the answer to your question but so basically it sounds like this is this is heading to the special election right it has to be has to it's going to so we're going to hear a lot more about this. We had Dan Knight and Dan Carpenter on the show. I think you weren't here that day, though. I was not here. We should have Dan Knight and Dan Carpenter on with you. Then we can have Dan, Dan, and Dan. Oh, yeah. Genius, Joe, yeah. Jason. Genius. Dan, Dan, and Dan. <laughs> Don't you think that'd be sweet? Maybe we could round up one more Dan to yeah, get into the mix. We just need, well, actually, we need a Jason because, you know, because the intros would be all wrong. You know, here now here's down and Jason. I'll come too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll be here. That's fine. It's exciting. All right, well. I guess we'll learn more before August 29th about that. Yeah. Um, I was going to tell you earlier, I told you about um, new home. Uh, construction and permits. Mm-hmm. I was going to tell you about existing home sales. Did you see the existing home sales numbers this week? Yeah, I did. They were up. They up, were up. Up Sur- a good number. Surprisingly, though, up right? 4.4%. My CNBC article that I clipped says, Boom! Exclamation mark. Existing home sales <laughs> surge in March. <laughs> That's funny. When I clip my notes, I usually will write things like that, too. I'll put boom or something in there just to, like, you know, remind me that that was something to be excited about. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, home resales, existing home sales is homes that are previously lived in their used houses or resales. Um, they rose more than expected in March to the highest level in more than a decade, hence the boom. It'll be interesting to see if our area follows that trend. This morning's paper had February statistics for Slow County, and it showed that existing, now all sales, total sales, new homes and existing homes were down 9.3% from February of 2016. Just lower volume. Well, right. Yeah. Um, 
No, I was telling you, I was talking to my friend that does real estate back home in Big Bear. He said they went from 1,400 listings at a time to like 350. That's what their market's done. Hmm. Crazy. That's so low. So it's creating like just these... I mean, talk about a seller's market. They're just the inventory. I From mean, from fourteen hundred to three hundred and fifty. Yeah. Wow. That that was year their, over year from last year to this year. Yeah, basically. Yeah, or maybe just you know the average over the last couple years has been fourteen hundred, whereas today it's wow. at three hundred and fifty. So you have all those people, all those buyers competing for such a smaller market of properties, and as you can imagine, it's causing the values to go up rapidly. People are gonna win, you know. Well, I've noticed, I've I've heard from several different people that it feels kind of eerily slow right now for this time of year. Normally, we start picking up pretty good this time of year. I've noticed that the title company next door to us in Morro Bay, they've been closing, you know, turning off the lights, locking up the doors promptly at five o'clock, which is pretty unusual for them. Normally, they're they're there, huh. uh, you know, six, seven o'clock at night, pretty regularly. So West told me that Patterson is on a higher than average pace hmm. for the first quarter of the year. Interesting. And I'm, and you know, that's a small sample. So is it? I mean, they're one of the biggest firms in our county, but are they just doing a great job of possibly networking and marketing and and have a high higher than average volume, or is it that slow? Um, you know, what is it? Are we busy or not? I feel like, I mean, our volumes are down um, in the company from what they were a year ago. We know that. Lending volumes across the board are down. Um, but it's in part because interest rates are a little bit higher. They got rid of a lot of that refinance business. Which, by the way, now that interest rates are kind of steadily declining, maybe some of that refinance business is coming back. We'll see. Maybe we'll have some people refinancing to pay off their sewer assessment. <laughs> Don't go back. <laughs> no. I have a couple new refis that I've been working on the last couple weeks. Well, I mean, rates are down. Like we said earlier, rates are now, um, they fall into their lowest levels in five months. According to Freddie Mac, the 30-year fixed rate average tumbled to 3.97% with an average half point. 3.97% APR? It just says percent. How can Freddie Mac have a news article that doesn't meet compliance <laughs> doesn't standards? Comply. You're not allowed to yeah. say numbers without saying APR. The last, Everybody knows The that. last time the Freddie Mac 30-year fixed rate that they report... Um, was below 4%, was November of last year. And so um, here it is again. Rates in the threes, is that what you're saying? Yeah, rates in the threes. And according to, we, I mean, this basically echoes what you were saying earlier in the show. Uh, Sean Bacchetti, the Freddie Mac chief economist, said weak economic data and growing international tensions are driving investors out of riskier sectors and into treasury securities. This shift in investment sentiment has propelled rates lower. Take it. And we saw the 10-year Treasury yield, which is the benchmark for the 30-year fixed mortgage, we saw the yield on that 10-year Treasury sink to its lowest point since November, uh, hitting 2.18%. 
it crept up a little bit yesterday. I think yeah, we closed think, out yesterday at two point two two or something. But something hey, like that. remember three weeks ago when we were talking about that yield getting to two point six? Yeah, that was worse. And all <laughs> all eyes are looking at GDP first quarter GDP reading next Friday. Ooh, that'll be a big one. If that disappoints, there's some thought that we could see rates maybe drop even a little further or at least hold these levels. Hey, did you forget, too, that the March jobs report we got a couple weeks ago showed jobs less than 100,000? Yeah, it was pretty dismal. So you're about to see on the 28th, you're going to get a Q1 GDP reading. The following Friday is the 5th. So we'll have the jobs jobs report. So the next two Fridays in a row could either send this thing into a downward spiral or gird it up a little bit and maybe stop some of this free fall that's been going on for the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. It'll be really interesting to see. But What are you rooting for? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> always like low rates for business, but like the high rates for money in the bank, Yeah, money in investments. Um yeah, I mean, it's... Hey, by the way, the feds have lowered the chance of a June rate hike now to... Or not the feds. The economists that are tracking the feds are now suggesting um, that the odds of a rate hike in June are now below 50%. Hmm. A few weeks ago, they were high. In fact, you remember, what was it? I guess it was March that we got the last rate hike? March was... As we approached March, it was a coin toss, and everybody thought June was the one. It was really high likelihood for June. As we got closer to closer to March, remember that one was a little bit of a surprise, where the week and a half probably before started to go, okay, it's really on the table. And and then we saw probability really escalate from there. Um, it was almost baked in that we were getting a June one for sure. So this recent data now is saying that um, perhaps the feds aren't going to be able to to push the rate up in June like they thought, which would be an interesting thing. But we'll see. We got, uh, you know, a couple big pieces of data coming up in the next two weeks. We'll see what that does. All right, breaky time. Final break. Do you have a final break button? I have a final break button. Yes, you I saw, do. You probably the saw same, the same button. It's the same button as every other break, but it's the final break button. It's the first, second, third, fourth. Yeah, well, yeah. it's a it's a repurposed button that now right. has a very specific final break purpose. So. The Mortgage Matters show was into repurposing before it became popular. <laughs> Look at you just greenwashing us. <laughs> All right, let's do it. We uh, push the final break button, Jim. We'll be back in a minute with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso Robles, Morro Bay, Atascadero, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. 
For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. guys welcome back well, we got about 15 more minutes with you um there was a couple things though real quick about that existing home sales report i just scrolled down and saw the last two sentences of what i clipped um while the number of homes on the market rose to five rose 5.8 percent last month housing inventory was down 6.6 percent from a year ago one more uh mathematical piece of evidence here to show that demand is outweighing supply. Um, And then here's a part that I also thought was worth mentioning. Uh, Properties were on market for 34 days in March compared to 45 days in February. So you're also seeing the pace of those, the marketing uh, of properties is dropping lower and lower. This is a question that we get, by the way, um, you know, so that that is in terms of if you put your house on the market, how long should you expect it to sell? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're tracking with the national averages, it's going to take 34 days on market right now for you to sell your home. And of course, we're hitting home buyer season. Some of the houses around here, if you're priced well, you might only be on market for a day. I mean, I I hear those stories definitely all the time, especially especially at the lower end. Yeah, entry-level housing moves a lot faster. Um, it almost seems like as you go up in property value or purchase price, the days on market kind of grow, too. You know, obviously not always the case. If you have a really desirable property, um, even if it is a higher-end property, people are really going to lunge at it. It's like sure. when something in the country club comes up for sale. Those don't sit around for very mm-hmm. long. Um, so, yeah, anyway... Um, if you're trying to craft a plan about when you should sell your house and how long it's going to take to market it, 
uh, before it sells and like what your whole game plan is. Now you can know that it, it might be about a month. Um, and then, and then most of the escrow periods, we get this question quite a bit is how long is an appropriate escrow length? Um, you know, and I gotta say, I think it depends on the lender that you're working with. Um, we had, I mean, and this happens pretty regularly, but we had a deal a little while ago, um, just last week that closed where we were able to get a purchase loan done in like 10 days. Um, when, it's a single transaction between just one buyer and one seller. No, there isn't somebody that needs to sell their house and move and buy the next house and all these things in a row. Um, if everybody's willing, you know, you can close pretty quick. Sometimes you got transactions where the buyer's got to sell his house and then the house he's buying, that seller is selling theirs to buy one. So you got, you know, what we call these domino transactions, but, um, one of the nice things about right now is it's kind of lighter volume is that most of mortgage companies seem to be working at about 60 or 70% of what they were doing a year ago. And so it's, um, unless they've laid off staff and, you know, started tightening the belt in that way, they're able to move things through pretty darn quick. Um, you know, I know for a while we, we seem to bellyache about things like the appraisal taking forever, you know, um, it was funny last year about, well, yeah, about this time, one of the primary focuses that we had in our company was trying to solve that appraisal component was like, man, we are put in appraisal order goes into the stack of orders and you're at their mercy of the available appraisers. There's only so many hours in a day. There are only so many appraisers. They're appraising homes for purchase and refis and they're busy and it was taking, you know, we were, I was hearing stories um, of people that said their company was not, order an appraisal, not able to get it back for about 30 days. I don't think we ever experienced it quite I, that high. We but definitely saw th up to three weeks. I mean, it was taking, I mean, basically. It seemed like two weeks was racing, normal. You were racing to try to get that appraisal signed off bef before the contingency period. Right. And so the good news is that. Um, for a few different reasons, lighter volume, but also we had some changes in the refi appraisals. So not only are there low, there are less refis happening today than there were six months ago or a year ago. Um, there's been a change in the guideline that we don't require appraisals for many refis now. So um, that has, I think, also helped ease the burden on the volume of appraisals that are needing to be completed. Um, but any more, if I order an appraisal for you on Monday, um, it's usually about a week. We're probably going to get it back next Monday. Um, I say that, but you know, there's, there's little variables to it. For example, we order the appraisal. Um, the appraiser's got to find a time in his window that of opportunity to be able to do the job. So they contact you, the homeowner, or if it's a purchase, they contact the real estate agent. So sometimes there's a little phone tag to happen and then it, you know, it's got to work out with everybody's schedule. The ones that might take a little bit longer are their tenant occupied. So you got to get notice from the tenants, you know, to give them notice. They've got to tell you, oh yeah, no, I go to school. And so my first day for you to come in and look at it might be Friday. Um, and in many cases it just has to be okay. 
Um, so those kind of things might take a little bit longer. But on a normal transaction where people are available and sort of averagely av- available, we see appraisals getting done in like a week's time now. So we could start a loan program for somebody on a Monday, get them an appraisal ordered on a Monday, get underwriting approval usually by Tuesday. Um, we'll have title and escrow stuff by Wednesday. We get the appraisal the following Monday. I mean, you can put these transactions together pretty quick right now. If there's any bright spot to the lighter volume, there it is. Um, it is opportunity to be able to transact things pretty quick. So I bring all that up. If you're thinking that you're going to take advantage of home buyer season coming up, because here we are at the tail end of April, right? Home buying season, I think, is on us. We've got March, you know, we got uh, May, June, July. Um, those are going to be some of the busier months. If you put your property up for sale right now, you might just be uh, in escrow pretty darn quick here in May. And next thing you know, you're closing escrow by the tail end of May or June if everything falls into place right. Um, So if you're planning that or thinking about that, um, know that those things are going pretty quick right now. Um, If you want to get, come in and get a consultation with us about that, by the way, um, there's a few different ways that it works. Um, And we're seeing everybody seems to be taking advantage of all of the different options right now. Um, If you don't have a bunch of cash that you're sitting on or you can't qualify for two mortgages, you find yourself in a position where you either need to write an offer contingent on selling your home first um, or kind of take the ultimate gamble here of putting your house on the market, look for a 45 or 60-day escrow on your house, Um, and then you can go write an offer up for a 30 or 45 day escrow, try to line those two up as best you can, where you're not contingent upon selling your house because your house is really already sold. It's just a matter of, of walking off the calendar. So, um, but I know I, I shared this last month. I recently closed the purchase for, um, some people that were selling their entry level home and moving up into, um, you know, kind of a, a slightly, nicer home and they were in a position financially where they were able to buy their house without selling their current house. Um, They could qualify for both payments. They had some down payments set aside to be able to qualify, you know, and buy without selling. And so that's an option that might even be a lower stress option. Um, You know, and then of course, not everybody that uh, sells their house or buys a new house, doesn't always want to sell their house. So we've also had some transactions where people say, well, I need to get my down payment out of my house, but I don't want to sell it. I want to make it a rental. Um, and there's a game plan for that. We've got a, there's, you got to do a specific type of loan and, and walk it out in a real specific order to be able to take a hundred thousand dollars equity out of your existing home to put down on the new home. Um, there's some qualifications, some things you need to know about that. So if you're in, in position for any of those things, um, or you just want to explore it and see how you qualify, what what stacks up there, um, you know, our our door is always open to you. So you can you can come into any of our offices. You can call us at the office, make an appointment. You could fill out an application on the website just to get the ball rolling, and we can get get you a consultation. You know, basically about what your options are and which one might be the lowest stress on you. 
um, to be able to to do all that. So if you need any of that help, um, that's what we're here for. Shows like today where we talk about, you know, we yeah, we've been talking about housing and housing-related issues the whole time. So I think some people forget that um, we're really here because we do loans. You pointing that at me? I just can't see your face behind oh. that monitor. That's what it is. I'm trying to turn it so that, you know. I'm surprised not, you want to see my face. Well, you know, maybe, maybe not as handsome as Dan's. I don't know. Like you were saying at the beginning of the show. Oh, <laughs> even, know, but... even Jim recognizes the beauty. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, is when you try to see my face, it means I can see yours. <laughs> I know. See, so that's the, there's the drawback there. All right. It can, it can be kind of distracting, you know. Fella can lose his train of thought pretty quick. <laughs> it's like, all right. Uh, we need a camera in here. I know they have that on like Bob and Tom now. They put a camera in the studio. They put a camera up in the corner and then people can log in and, and watch and listen. Yeah. It is. It's probably pretty boring. It's and I actually packed in the studio when we're here, I'm telling you. I think it's not. Yeah. I disagree. People will probably be pretty disappointed. We're like wearing <laughs> baseball hats and flip flops and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I really have a face for radio. I can't speak for <laughs> I can't speak for all of us, but you know. Yeah. Um, Dan, I'm a little <laughs> bit surprised today. Yeah. That um this week we had the beige book. And that's usually you love to talk about the beige book. Yeah. We had other other more important things to talk about. Oh. Then the beige book? I mean, how exciting is the beige book? <laughs> one of the most exciting. One of the most comprehensive reports that exists it's, in the financial it world. It really is. Yeah. And you want to know what the beige book said? I'm getting the feeling you didn't read the report about the beige book. <laughs> I did not read the full beige book. I wrote down a one, as exciting as it is. I wrote down a one sentence, one sentence synopsis of the beige report, the beige book. Hmm. Want to hear it? Yeah. The Fed's beige book showed modest to moderate growth in all twelve regions hmm. between mid February and the end of March. I saw some interesting comments about labor in the beige book. Oh, yeah. That it's showing. There are signs of labor shortages. Oh, yeah. And businesses in the majority of the 12 Fed districts reported having difficulty finding not only highly skilled employees, but also low-skilled ones as well. Wage increases were modest. Um, outlook for the labor market is still described as being positive. Well, maybe minimum wage high enough now people don't need to have two jobs. Do we fill these gaps without having two jobs in the past? Possibly. I mean, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. So labor shortages in all 12 Fed districts to me means that if you want to find a worker, low or high skilled or even low skilled, you're going to have to dangle a little bit of a higher wage. Oh, so you're predicting increasing wages now. That's it. Just makes logical sense to me based on what I'm reading. But I've been thinking that for a while as the unemployment rate continues to fall. You know, here we are. What's the national unemployment rate now? Four and a half percent, something like that. Low, low. Yeah. It moves only by manipulation from people participating right. or not. 
Um, employers surveyed by the Fed in recent months have often reported rising wage pressures for specific sectors such as construction and highly skilled jobs. Modest wage pressures broadened during the recent survey period, saying that a large number of firms mentioned higher turnover rates. That's how you know it's getting good when you can quit your job confidently. Mm-hmm. I can get a new one. Stick it to the man. Take this job and shove it. There's greener pastures and you have a bad attitude. If only we had another break. You would play it, wouldn't you? Bet. I would. Was that the Dolly? No. I was. No, that's, that's Johnny Paycheck. Yeah, I was thinking of yeah. the 9 to 5. No. Um, hey, guys, we're drawing near the end of the show, so I got to do the housekeeping stuff. If you want loan help, if you want to look into a refi, get rid of your mortgage insurance, buy somebody out, buy an investment property, refinance a vacation home, Whatever it might be, um, reach out to us this week. You can find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. We even do standalone HELOCs now. Man, how could I forget to say that? (laughs) That is new and exciting. If you need an equity line because you don't want to touch your super low mortgage. I want an equity line. I want an equity line for solar. You can do that. I haven't done all the math yet, but I I think that that might be uh, in the future. Um, Anyway. If you guys want any of that help, one phone number rings all the offices. It's 543-LOAN, which is 543-5626. Thank you much for being with us today. Um, We're doing a rerun next week, so you guys get the weekend off, too. Uh, Then we'll be back on May 6th for another live episode. Have a good one.